There are so many things as humans that we don't really understand. There are mystic, magical, faded things, as well as otherworldly realms that we just can't comprehend unless it's through the journey of our own soul. I'm your host, Steffi, aka The Spirit Sis. I'm a psychic medium, astrologer, and intuition teacher, and I'm here to take you on an exploration of all things spiritual. I'm going to connect to source, give you divine downloads, and I want to keep you in the spirit loop. So here is the psychic scoop. Hello, love bugs. Bienvenue. Welcome back to another episode of Psychic Scoop. I'm your host, Steffi Spirit Sis, astrologer, psychic medium, and intuition teacher. Today, I thought I would cover the very complex topic of compatibility. (laughs) It is now February. And when you think of February, you think of what? Loneliness. (laughs) (laughs) aka Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, I have like a weird relationship with Valentine's Day because I think and believe that every single month needs to be appreciated for self-love. And I think you need to appreciate your partner as always. And acts of romance and kindness shouldn't just be exclusive to one day. But I digress. It is a holiday and it's either going to bring you closer to a partner, bring you apart from a partner if they don't do what you're expecting of them, or if you're single, like I used to always just do face masks and watch cheesy movies. That actually was more fulfilling than some Valentine's Day I spent with partners. (laughs) But anyway, this topic is going to be compatibility in astrology because it's a topic that's really fun, but it's also super, super layered. And every single person has a different experience based on if their heart was broken, if someone was mean to them, if they had a really great soulmate relationship with someone, you know, that affects how you view zodiac signs, especially if you're just gauging relationships or bad breakups with a specific sun sign. Uh, You know, I think a lot of people like I had a bad relationship with an Aries and I don't like Aries or I had a bad relationship with a Scorpio and I don't like Scorpios or, you know, screw Libras, whatever that is. We have this bias based off that. But there's a little bit more to the story than just the sun sign. So I'm going to go over on paper what would make a good match. And then I'm going to go over some more advanced astrology matches if you're looking to do synastry charts and look into a relationship between you and someone else. And it doesn't have to be romantic. This compatibility can be with a business partner, a best friend, a family member. Looking at synastry is more than just romance. And I, I say that about everything every relationship, because every single person you're connecting to in this human experience, there is some sort of karma. And there's some sort of relationship dynamic that builds you as a human, even though our romantic relationships have a lot of weight in the society that we live in. That's not what I want to drive home here. So when I'm talking about um, partnerships, I want you to think on a broader scale. I don't want you to just think of a romantic relationship, but you definitely can use this information on romantic relationships or even past romantic relationships if you want to like get curious about maybe why you didn't work out, whatever. Could be bad friendships that broke up. So I just want to say that little caveat because I believe relationships are 
just the building blocks of who you are and why you're here in this human experience. And understanding them on a deeper level is super rewarding, especially if you're into modalities like astrology or human design or Meyer Briggs. You know, I talk about all these modalities all the time and how it can really like teach you and you can have a deeper understanding of who you are, but also like who your who your friends are. Okay, let's just get into it. I surveyed you guys on Instagram, which you know I love to do. I always love to throw it back to the audience because your listenership is what makes this podcast go round and round. And I want you guys to be engaged with whatever topic I'm throwing down. And so I just asked like, you know, what was your favorite Zodiac match? And what was your least favorite Zodiac match? And the responses were so rewarding to see and fun (laughs) because you could clearly tell there is a bias 100% and people have very strong opinions. And so the only ones that I pulled that I'm going to share are ones that were patterns. So Uh, The ones that I'm going to say right now, it doesn't cover all the zodiac signs, unfortunately, because I think only like 100 people replied, maybe even a little more than that. But still, I was picking up a specific pattern. And if this was mentioned more than three times, I'm saying it now. So I'm going to talk about uh, the matches that are pretty good uh, and based off patterns of what you guys responded to. So the people that like each other. Across the board, I would say that Sagittarius's, Cancers, and Aquarius's had a lot of people say they liked them. And that makes sense, especially for Sag and Aquarius, because they rule, you know, like groups of people and connecting globally. And Cancer makes sense, too, because Cancer is basically there to nurture and make people feel comfortable and safe and love. So I can understand why those those top three were the most compatible with with all the signs and maybe not all the signs, maybe just the signs that responded to this story. (laughs) Uh, And speaking of which, Sag and Aquarius, they really love each other because Sag and Aquarius are the global connecting of people and people who also liked each other. Libra and Aries seem to like each other. Pisces and Cancer seem to love each other. Actually, all of the water signs said about the opposite, like Scorpio, Pisces, and Cancer seem to all jive. Leo and Virgos liked each other. Capricorns and Virgos liked each other. Tauruses and Leos liked each other. And Gemini and Aquariuses really liked each other. So that was a good mix. And again, I it's a pattern. If, if this was mentioned more than three times, then I put it up up on the board, aka I'm saying it, broadcasting it right now. (laughs) Okay, the icks. I said, what sign gives you the ick? So this was actually fewer patterns here because I think this is where the bias comes in. If you have a boss that is, you know, like the zodiac sign that you hate, you obviously are going to assume that every zodiac sign is like your crappy boss. (laughs) So I think that's why a lot of people have said, you know, said what they said. So icks. Okay, so Libra and Virgos don't like each other. Capricorns and Aquariuses don't like each other. Pisces and Aries don't like each other, but I guess they're pretty good friends. Horus and Aries don't like each other. Gemini got dragged quite a bit by quite few quite a few signs. So that's like the those are the only signs that were mentioned. Uh and I and I hate to even broadcast that because I know it's through some sort of lens of uh, hatred. 
<laughs> but let's break down why certain, I guess, zodiac signs are drawn to each other and why it feels natural and why some signs are not drawn to each other and have to work a little harder to communicate. And I'm only talking about the sun zodiac signs for now. I'm going to get into deeper meanings in just a moment, but let's just do surface level beginner astrology stuff. So when you're looking at the wheel, there's 12 zodiac signs, 360 degrees makes a circle. So when you're looking at the zodiac signs, they have relationships with one another on the wheel. So that's what's called the aspects. When planets make relationships uh, in degrees, it, it is considered a positive aspect, a negative aspect, depending on harmonious relationships or disharmonious relationships. For example, an opposition is when two planets or two zodiac signs are on the opposite side of the wheel. So your other axis. So it would be uh, a Capricorn or a Cancer, a Pisces or a Virgo. So w- whatever sign is opposite of you, that is going to be technically, I'm doing air quotes, technically a opposition is a tougher aspect. And if you have a sign that is within 120 degrees, that's considered a trine. That's considered a really nice harmonious relationship. So if we're just looking at the sun signs, the reason why one of the best compatibility matches is someone in your same element. So if you're water, you'll like another water. If you're air, you'll like another air, fire, fire, earth, earth. The reason being is because your zodiac sign, your sun sign is trining another person's sun. So that relationship feels really natural. You guys understand each other. There's a little bit of a rapport that feels absolutely comfortable. And because the elements are so specific, like two water signs vibing and being emotional and sensitive are going to be different than two fire signs that are really motivated and assertive or two air signs that are really social and intellectual or two earth signs that are really grounded and wanting to build a future. That's why normally those signs feel good talking, communicating with one another. That's not just for romantic. That is also for friendships. That's for co-working relationships and you know, in general, any any relationship you have, that feels more natural. Now, what also feels natural are the signs that are sextiling one another. So sextile is going to be 60 degrees. So if you're looking at the zodiac wheel, it's the house houses two over from you. So if you think about all the zodiac signs being neighbors, it's the neighbor two doors down. <laughs> and this is like a very best friend type aspect. So naturally, if you're a water sign, the neighbors that you're going to like two doors down are going to be earth signs and they're both feminine energies. That is why water and earth do work very, very well together. Now, if you are an air sign, your neighbor two doors down is going to be a fire sign. So that is also why the sextile relationship is going to feel really yummy if it's someone from an air or a fire relationship because they're two doors down and a 60 degrees sextile is what makes a harmonious aspect. Again, this could be a little big friendship component. Uh, This is a good relationship to look at it for someone that just feels natural. It's not as comfortable as a trine relationship will feel, but it's going to feel chummy. It's going to feel good. It's going to feel like a relationship where you understand each other, at least on a homey level. And that is definitely something to look into. Now, what's interesting are the relationships that are making a little more of harder aspects. So a square is 90 degrees. So if we're looking at the 
we're looking at the cul-de-sac and there's still 12, 12 little houses hanging out on this block. It would be the neighbor three doors down from you. That makes a square, which is 90 degrees, which is in astrology is the, a little bit of a tougher aspect. There's a little bit of friction. The one thing I will say about square relationships, the zodiac signs share a modality. And I already did a whole episode on modalities. So go check it out if you're wondering what a modality is. It's fixed, cardinal, or mutable signs. So having a square relationship, you're going to feel a little bit of tension, but there's also going to be a little bit of an understanding there because you both have the same way of thinking about obstacles or even the same way about how you move through life on a timeline because cardinals are the initiators, fixed are the sustainers, and mutable are the changers, right? So there is a little bit of a comfort level there. This relationship works really well for business, business partnerships. Uh, For example, Leos and Scorpios or Capricorns and Libras. So look to who's in your mutable, cardinal, or fixed sun sign group and see if there's any similarities there with people who are in your circle, people you like, people you don't like. Just kind of like take in all this information about the trines, the sextiles, and the squares, and the opposition. So whatever sun sign you are, you want to look to the opposite side to see how that feels in in romantic partnerships, in and business partnership. And a lot of times it is it is the polar opposite, right? So if cancers bring this really like nurturing, uh, maybe even moody, emotional place, the Capricorn brings a more pragmatic approach, brings a little more sensical logic into the relationship. So those can actually help each other in sun sign oppositions quite a bit because there is that polarity and, and there is a little bit of balance. But sometimes people aren't naturally drawn to a challenging relationship because it feels a little harder at first and you have to get into the rhythm of the opposition. So just because someone is a square or opposition to you, it doesn't mean it's going to be a harder relationship. It just means there's going to be a little more of a learning curve on how to communicate, how to work through obstacles together. And honestly, you might even be more attracted to those relationships too, depending on other areas of your chart. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So that's like a very basic way of looking at your sun sign compatibility. But let's get into synastry charts, where you're taking your whole birth chart and you're basically putting it on top of another person's birth chart. Now, that's where you're really getting into the nitty gritty of what relationships feel good and what relationships don't feel good. There's also another way to look at someone's birth chart in yours, which is called the midpoint composite method, which combines your birth charts through a midpoint and makes you have one combined birth chart. So that's one way to look at it. You can do the midpoint and see together what rising 
sign you are, what sun sign you are, where's your Venus, where's your Mars. That'll give you a little more information about your relationship as a whole. But personally, as an astrologer, I really like the synastry method where you're taking one chart and another because you can see what planets have relationships with one another right on top of each other. If planets are conjunct, that's going to be a really big sign. Planets that are trining, squaring, opposition, everything I just said, but to amp it up, it will be your planets having those relationships with one another. So again, this is a little more of an advanced astrology uh, way of looking at things. And if you're confused about the aspects, I actually do explain the aspects and I use my tips and tricks in my new course I'm going to be launching. But regardless, knowing about aspects is going to really unleash a lot about what you learn about astrology because what I just explained about the the trines and the sextiles, oppositions, you know, those are going to really come into play in your own birth chart as well. But let's talk about some aspects that feel really good for compatibility. If you have any of the same top three, that's going to feel really, really good romantically or relationship-wise. Like if you have the same rising sign as someone, there's going to be just this natural give and pull and familiarity there. If you have the same sun sign as someone else's moon, that is the money jackpot. That is a very soulmate love relationship because the moon brings a lot of comfort and a lot of love to the sun person that brings a lot of confidence and brings a lot of strength to the moon person. And I've personally had this play out so much in my own life. For example, my partner now, and we've been together two and a half years, we live together, we have a life together. He is a cancer moon and I am a cancer sun. And the relationship feels so easy and feels so peaceful. And when I looked back at some of my other exes and saw their their moon signs, a lot of it made sense, a lot of it didn't. And I will say I have fallen more than once for a cancer moon. So there definitely is something there. So whatever your sun sign is, if you're an Aquarius sun, if you're a Leo sun, if you're a Virgo sun, you probably are going to want to look for someone that has the moon sign in your same sun sign. That relationship will feel good. Keep in mind, you also want to take rising signs and everything else into consideration. But there's something else there too, having your sun sign be someone's Venus sign or vice versa. So for example, if you are a Gemini sun, you might even draw in a lot of people that have Gemini Venus. That's definitely going to be a little bit of a comfortable relationship because Venus is what you love and what you have affected for. And if that sun person is bringing that out of you, if it was in Gemini, witty banter, excitement, spontaneous, you know, that's going to really show a relationship there. So again, you're looking for Venus placements as the same as your sun or your moon sign. But just to make this not as complicated, I think look to your Venus sign, your moon sign, and your sun sign and your north node. Shoot, (laughs) I'm making it way more complicated. But I think that will be helpful when you're looking at someone's, uh, someone's chart and what makes you feel comfortable. And, you know, look at other aspects to the moon and aspects to Venus, especially if those aspects are trining, like a Jupiter or another moon sign or another Venus sign, those aspects are going to feel really yummy. If it's like a moon, trine Venus, Jupiter, trine moon, Venus, trine Jupiter. Those are all really fantastic aspects. So look for trines. Also look for conjunctions. Venus conjunct moon is going to be really good. North node conjunct moon. And the reason I keep bringing up the moon is the moon is what we feel most comfortable and nurtured 
in. And in any relationship, you're going to want to feel like yourself and you're going to want to feel comfortable. And that's why sometimes sun aspects bring out the best in you because sun is all about authenticity and who you are on the outside. So if you have someone that has the Venus on top of your natal sun, that's also going to feel like comfortable. So hopefully you understand some of those aspects there between Venus, the moon, sometimes your sun and, you know, the the nice planets, right? The Jupiter. Also, if you have the synastry chart, you're going to want to look at the seventh house of your partner or your seventh house. So if this partner has like the sun or moon or Venus that is in your seventh house, that will also feel like a really nice relationship, especially if it's anywhere close to your descendant line. If they have a sun, a Mercury, Venus, moon, that's going to feel really nice to you. So again, a little more advanced astrology stuff, but it's easy if you are looking at the charts in synastry. I'm trying to explain it. I'm using my hands a lot. I'm like acting like I'm pointing at the wheel, (laughs) knowing that you guys fully can't see me, (laughs) but hopefully it makes a little more sense it makes sense to me. Hopefully it makes sense to you. Now, relationship aspects that are challenging or a little bit harder, they're going to involve the planets. Most likely it will include some kind of Mars, Saturn, and Pluto. And you're going to look for the planets that are square or oppositions. Now, one thing I've seen that is quite consistent is if a Mars is squaring a Venus, that relationship is going to be a little rocky. There's going to be a volatile tone that is always going to stay in the relationship. But the crazy thing is, is Mars and Venus really do attract each other in that square because Mars is a very sexual energy and Venus is very calming to the Mars. So these people, the Mars the Mars person will attract the Venus person sexually and the Venus person will give a softness to the Mars. So at first there might be this sexual attraction, there might be this pull, but naturally over time the Venus person will get insecure, get run down, and the Mars person will either completely avoid conflict or start conflict. And I've just seen this time and time again, this this aspect especially is a little difficult. Mars is, you know, Mars is not only independence, but Mars is physical body, Mars is sexual energy, Mars is repressed anger, Mars is frustration on a low vibration. So that can come out. And Venus just wants harmony. Venus just wants love. Venus just wants to chill. So having that Mars will feel like, why are we always fighting? <laughs> and the Mars person's like, this is what I want to do, right? So those aspects can can come in from time to time and and kind of cause a little bit of distress in the relationship. Also just Saturn and Pluto aspects, if they're squaring the moon or squaring Venus, those don't feel necessarily good. Now, if there's like a sun squaring a Mars or a sun in opposition to Mars, there there could be a little bit of like ego going on, a little bit of like a push and pull, but sometimes that actually does help the relationship. So Mars aspects aren't always bad. Sometimes they challenge you in a good way. So if you have this aspect, don't think you're doomed because there actually is a little bit of karma involved with working through these harder aspects. Now, personally, I like to believe that all relationships should feel peaceful. And it's taken me a very long time to realize that because I used to associate pain and trauma and toxicity with love just based off of how I grew up. Love is supposed to be your talk down to or emotionally drained in a relationship. And for some people, working through that would help them gain some self-love. But 
I'm here to tell you that every relationship should feel like there is a compromise, like there is a resolution, like there is peace, even when it's challenging, because there are times where you have to work through challenges with people and it doesn't feel good and it feels uncomfortable. But even knowing that is a beautiful gift. So just because you have these good or bad aspects. It doesn't mean anything if you're willing to work as a person and work in a relationship to, I guess, like work through some of these more ickier placements. But nothing's really bad, right? Nothing is ever bad. Uh, It's always a life lesson. So I don't know what the main takeaway for this is. (laughs) I think I wanted to just explain how astrology can bring some light and observation into what relationships are working for you, how to make relationships that aren't a little healthier. But at the end of the day, if you just strip astrology away, What relationships bring you peace, harmony, happiness, and what relationships make you feel burnt out or make you feel discomfort or make you feel friction or insecure? That's resistance that is not necessarily healthy for anybody, but I'm here to give you support and love and insight, but astrology is just a tool and that's that, right? You still have to live your life. You still have to have relationships with people and maybe even people you don't like if it's like a work relationship or a family dynamic and find a way to work through some of these more challenging aspects. But I will just stress, I really want you to focus on the relationship you have with yourself and the relationships your planets have in your own chart first before focusing on another person's chart. And I know it can be intoxicating. That's a great good word. Intoxicating to look at past relationships or lovers and see where it went wrong and see where the aspects went or look at future lovers or look at all of these relationships. And yeah, of course, it's fun to look into that. But I also want you to observe yourself, observe your own emotions, observe your Venus sign, your Mars sign, your moon sign to look at how you feel loved, how you feel repressed anger or passion, how you feel nurtured, and even your Mercury, how you communicate through conflict. So knowing those things about yourself is more powerful than any sinistry chart, period, with a T, period. (laughs) But that being said, happy Valentine's Day. I think the driving home message is love yourself before you can love another or love yourself through loving another. But knowing yourself and the awareness of your own astrology chart reigns supreme over any other person's uh, chart in your life. Well, thank you for listening. I'm going to be putting out a lot more astrology content. It seems like you guys are really interested in that. And my astrology course is dropping officially to 2222. I had to. (laughs) So make sure you're following my Instagram at spirit underscore sis for updates on that or go to my website spiritsis.com and sign up for my newsletter if you're not on it already because I will be doing a little introductory rate a little short amount of time for the early birds that want to join the course for a little bit of a promo. But regardless, this information is so exciting to bring to you. I have been working on it for months and months and months and months. And all of the content is just curated for you to piece together astrology 
in an easy way and a digestible way so you can help other people with astrology. Or even if you wanted to start a business, an astrology business, I teach you how to learn a birth chart so you can actually charge people for sessions and readings to help the world. Let's do it together. (laughs) Okay, sending you lots of love. I always say, I always say energetic hugs. I mean it. And I want you to spend Valentine's Day doing one nice thing for yourself. If it's a bubble bath, if it's buying yourself chocolates, if it's buying yourself sexy underwear, if it's buying yourself a freaking five course meal, do it for you because you matter. I love you, love you, love you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.